Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hey everybody, uh, today happens to be February the 12th, it's a Wednesday of 2020. This is episode 189, thanks for sticking in for this long. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining in. Um, yeah, let's just jump right into it, Stuff I Heard, okay? Um, <clears throat> a lot of things going on, a lot of interesting things to see, Um I watched the Bill Burr podcast. This is Bill uh, Bill Burr and Burt Kreischer have a podcast together called the Bill Burt Podcast. And I tend to watch it on YouTube because I like to see them hanging out and making jokes. And their facial expressions are part of the humor. I mean, you can listen to the podcast. That's fine. They don't, they don't really put up any videos or anything. Uh, but I just enjoy watching them on YouTube. And, you know, Bill's a father now and he's, you know, got a... A young kid, and so he's made a conscious effort lately to uh, curtail the drinking, and he's cut back on cigars. And this thing started off with the two of them getting together, having a drink, smoking a cigar together, and they were aggressive cigars. <clears throat> and Bill kind of talks about that in this episode. He talks about the fact that he's had uh, one too many of the giant cigars that most cigar smokers go, "Oh wow, I'm really feeling that," and he's like. I'm not really feeling it like I could have another. And he goes, kind of when I realized that that it wasn't affecting me like it used to, and that it wasn't affecting what I consider cigar smokers, I thought, okay, maybe I need to take a break from this because I have too much of a tolerance. And he's like, you know, <clears throat> I believe that you should enjoy life, but, you know, when it becomes a problem, then you got to recognize that. And he said, for me, the cigars and the drinking have become a problem. So I just said, all right, let me let me back off. And Bill, if you've ever watched any of his comedy, I highly recommend checking out Paper Tiger on Netflix. That's his special. Um, <clears throat> he's very cerebral. He likes to overthink everything. He likes to argue both sides of every point because for him, it's comedy. I mean, he can see the humor in a standpoint on either side of any issue. And that's one of the things that makes him such a good comedian. Whenever he's on stage and he's arguing a point, a lot of times he doesn't even believe the point he's arguing. He's just like, okay, well, here's here's the funny in this point of view. And he'll point out whatever absurd thing it is that's, that he finds interesting, and he'll poke fun at it the whole way. And he'll show you how you can poke fun at it. And he's like, you know, I realize this is absurd, but here's the funny part. And we kind of need that. We kind of need that in life from comedians to kind of help us navigate all this craziness that we're going through in life. You know, I think that uh, here in 2020 that politics are suddenly the big hot to- hop, the hot topic. <clears throat> you know, I work with a lot of people who are either for or against our current president, and it's a, it's a talking point for most people. Um, I know you guys are probably sick of me talking about politics, and, I'm, and I will stop. I will... I'm going to make a declaration that I'm going to curtail this a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to calm down on the politics talk. Um, I say that, but I'm also a liar because um, I'm going to try. How about that? I'll, I'll put it that way. I'm going to try to curtail the politics talk. But politics is kind of the hot topic right now. It is. I mean, this podcast is called Stuff I Heard, and I'm going to talk about stuff I heard. So I would I would like to. Uh, give an opinion that is more open-minded than perhaps I am comfortable with, if that makes any sense. 
I know I know most people are like, yeah, but I belong to Camp Red, and no, no, I belong to Camp Blue. Well, okay, what if we don't have either camp? What if we just look at the people and we talk about what we want out of our situations and we work together? Because that's eventually what it's going to take. It's going to take us getting out of our own ways, which is very difficult, especially when you feel like you have a hill to die on. I mean, do you really? Kind of makes you wonder. I mean, just this past week, I'm looking through Twitter, because that's where I get my news. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking through Twitter, and one of the headlines that immediately catches my attention is one of those holy crap kind of moments. It says, powerful radio signal from deep space appears to be repeating in a 16-day cycle. One of the most defining characteristics of, of mysterious deep space signals we call fast radio bursts is that they are unpredictable. They bleach out across the, they belch out across the, the cosmos without reason or rhyme, with no discerning pattern, making them incredibly hard to study. Now, for the first time, astronomers have found a fast radio burst, FRB, that repeats on a regular cycle. Every 16.35 days, the signal, and they name it with like a weird serial number, follows a similar pattern. For four days, it will spit out a burst or two every hour, and then it falls silent for 12 days, and then the whole thing repeats. This come out of some Canadian hydrogen intensity mapping experiment. Um, Basically, we're just pointing an antenna in the sky and listening, and somebody heard this, and they started tracking it, and they realized, oh, crap, there's a cycle. And their best estimates is that this radio signal, which they can't really determine what it is, is coming from about 500 million light years away. That's a long way. That's, that is literally, in a, as Star Wars starts off, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 500 million light years is the past. Okay? And just think about how fast light travels. The definition of 500 light years, 500 million light years in the past. So it opens up a lot of questions. Okay, so first off, here's what I think. This is my dumb, uneducated point of view. If we just understand the fact that it's 500 million light years away, what's to say that this is the first radio signal that's broadcast that we've received? Okay, <clears throat> we may not have the technology to listen to everything that's being sent out in space. If there's something else out there, if there's a radio signal out there, if there's something that's like, hey, by the way, we're not alone and I'm sending out a signal, which we've done as a human race. We've done that in our in in the what last hundred years or so. They sent signals out in outer space, which were radio signals. And it was a live broadcast. It was a hey, we are not you know, we're here. Okay. So are these signals that we're picking up someone's first radio signals? Or is this radio signals that we're picking up that we're just now technologically advanced enough to listen to? We still don't know what it means. We still have no idea what the what the result is. But it's just the idea of there's something out there, which we all kind of feel, even though we don't want to say we agree to it, there's a lot of people that don't believe aliens are real. And there's a lot of people that make that think aliens are like people. 
And there's a lot of people who think that aliens are, you know, of a lower um, mental ability and, you know, they're probably amoeba style or they're monsters or they're super, super, super intelligent. And like we're like a, re- a lab experiment that they're watching us and playing with us. And all of those things could be true. Like for any of us to determine whether or not we know is just foolish. We all kind of are just figuring this out and we're going, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, look at the technology that's just advanced in the last hundred years from us, you know, with vehicles and cars and, you know, I just said the same word twice, vehicles and cars, Um, televisions, computers, phones, the way we communicate to one another, the instant access we have around the globe is so new and we're really unsure what we're doing with it. I mean, it's sort of like being a teenage boy and finding out that you can masturbate. And you're like, whoa, does anyone else know you could do this? I mean, <laughs> we're, we're sort of treating technology that way with each other. We're like, hey, I don't know if you figure this out, but there's something that happens, you know. And that's a terrible analogy right now. My mom and my mom, my mom and my wife both are like, I can't believe you just said that. Anyway, moving forward, <clears throat> this is the kind of stuff that makes you, makes me, Go, holy crap, I can't believe this. This is amazing. And yet we can get so wrapped up in our own little stuff that we forget to look at the bigger picture of what does it all matter? Like, what are we really fighting for? Are we fighting for resources? Are we fighting for our say? Are we fighting for our voice? Are we fighting for human rights? What is it we're fighting for? Today, I opened up my social media And one of the first things I see is about Michael Bloomberg saying that all crime happens in minority areas. This is the guy running for president. He believes that all crime is only committed by minorities who live in minority areas. He wants to be your president. He wants your vote. He wants the majority vote. Vote for me. I'm going to go after them. That's basically what he's saying. This guy was mayor of New York. A billionaire. Crime happens where the minorities are. That's where they happen. That's 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 the cause. That's the culprit. Really? What makes a minority? Like here in America, I'm not a minority. I'm a white dude. But anywhere else on the planet, I'm not a minority. I am the minority. Does that mean that I'm crime if I go somewhere else? It's such a weird life that we're living, such a weird experiment that we're all involved in and we participate with each other and somehow somehow we find a way to keep trudging along and, and you know, I'm a big proponent of help people. Help people grow. Help people learn. Help people learn to do the next thing. Teach others what you know. If you figured out how to do some hack to life, tell as many people as you can. Hey, by the way, I figured out this works. Here's something I want to show you I learned how to do. Anytime I figure out a recipe, I'm like, I need to put it online. I need to share it with people. Some people probably don't even know how to cook. Here, here's a recipe I found. It's really easy. I did it. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm, I'm figuring this out just like you are. But here's something I figured out. I'm going to pass it along. That's kind of what I want everybody to do. I mean, I, I would hope that most people would take in the information they learn and go, wow, I just learned something new. Hey, by the way, you guys, if you want to learn how to do this, I can show you how to do it. And I've tried to do that with this podcast. I mean... I know you guys have heard me talk to Danny and 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 Greg about, you know, starting a podcast and they did. You know, my my, my brother did one for a while with his wife and you know, 
it is one of those things where if you want to do something, anybody can teach you how to do it. Um, I've talked more than once about a friend of mine from high school, not friend, but, you know, associate uh, person I know from high school reached out, you know, and was like, yeah, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me show you how. And I've gotten no more communication from them. But that's with anything in life. Like you have to follow through in life if you want to do the thing you want to do. My wife, when she was 47, was sitting on the couch and said, I think I want to start running. Now, you guys have seen photos and heard me talk about the fact that she's done a lot of half marathons and a lot of 5Ks and 10Ks. And there's a wall of medals over here to my left. And they all say, you did it. You did it. You you accomplished it. You did the work. You crossed the finish line. You put in all the effort and the time and the energy and... None of that would have happened if she hadn't decided, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, even on the days that are crappy, even on the days that are rainy, even on the days that I don't feel like it. And I'm going to do it because I've got this goal in mind of something I want to accomplish. And that's important to have. In your life, I mean, we've learned this from watching movies, you either get busy dying or you get busy living. And you have to choose. Shawshank Redemption. That's the quote. Get busy dying or get busy living. But you got to choose. I mean, granted, there's probably a good percentage of the planet right now that's just existing. They're filling their fat faces and they're watching Netflix and all they're doing is just sucking up air and, and, and existing. And they'll die. And when they die, they'll say, oh, we really miss them. They existed. Do you want to live that life? Do you want to live a life of existence or do you want to live a life worth living? Do you want to, at the end of your road, you know, people say it all the time, on your gravestone, you've got a, he was born this time, he died on this time, fill in your dash. Do you want to live a dash worth talking about? Do you want to live a dash that touched other people's lives, that affected other people, that helped move humanity forward? Maybe not even humanity. Maybe just the people around you. Maybe maybe close personal friends. Maybe there's something you do for your neighbor in your life that matters. Maybe it's animals. Maybe you're an animal activist. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, fill in your dash. Do something incredible. Do something worth mentioning. Do something worth living. I mean, geez. I know I talk a lot about Instagram and about people trying to live up to their best life so they can show off to others, but it's not just that. It's it's live. Not live, but live. Do something. Move your life forward. Participate. Be worth talking about in some way. It doesn't even have to be big, but do something. That's all I'm saying. All right, so I'm going to get off that. I don't know how I got on the weird tangent of Michael Bloomberg hating minorities and thinking they're criminals and radio signals from outer space. But anyway, let's bring this back around. Let's talk about let's talk about a podcast I heard. Uh, Whitney Cummings, Good For You is the name of her podcast. She had David Spade on. David Spade has a show, on, I guess, on YouTube, I guess. Comedy Central? Comedy Central. Uh, I don't watch it. I don't know nothing about it. But apparently he has like a panel show where people come on and they... He interviews them, and they have a good time and whatever. I don't care. I like David Spade from his movies. I like him from Tommy Boy, you know, um, Joe Dirt. Um, He's not what I would call a great actor, but he's funny. Uh, 
And he talks a little bit about that in this. You know, he was really good friends with Chris Farley, and when Farley died, you know, it was heartbreaking. They were really close friends. And, you know, how do you move on from that? How do you move forward in life when you were best friends with, you know, one of the most comedic people on the planet for a time? And he talks about how, you know, in his roles, he's always seen as somewhat of an innocent guy, even though he's kind of a dummy. Um, he's always seen as an innocent guy trying to do the right thing and, and just not not being able to follow through with it or things go wrong or he makes the wrong decisions. And he's like, you know, I figure if I'm the butt of the joke, then then you guys can enjoy watching me be an idiot. And he's right. And um, he and Whitney uh, have a fun little segment in this podcast where they do a net worth game where they talk about uh, celebrities and what do you think their net worth is? And they start looking it up on different websites. And uh, at one point, he they look up Daisy Fuentes, and he's like, "Didn't she like host some MTV thing for a while?" And they look it up, and apparently, she's worth like two hundred million dollars. He's like, "What in the world?" He goes, "Hey, is she single?" <laughs> he's like, two hundred million? What?" He's like, "What? How did she get? How did she get that much money?" And apparently, she has like a clothing line and a makeup line and all this stuff, and. I was like, wow, holy cow, I had no idea. But uh, but it's fun. It's fun to hear them bring up different celebrities and look up their net worth. I don't know why I find that fascinating, but I do. Um, <clears throat> and then I listened to uh, Dr. Drew After Dark. I kind of hinted on this when I talked to Greg. Um, he interviewed a comedian named Kelsey Cook. And she's been on the podcast before. Um, in the podcast, she had mentioned that she is uh, multi-orgasmic in that uh, usually whenever she has sex, she has around 10 orgasms per time, sometimes more. And a lot of people call BS on that. A lot of women were, were angry. They were calling in and writing in and saying, how dare she talk about this? And I can't believe she she's a liar. And there's, you know, Dr. Drew, being a doctor and being a person who studied this kind of stuff in the past, he wanted to talk about the fact of this is okay and there are people like this. It's not the norm, but... You know, he said, in my opinion, they're the most discriminated upon women because just like this episode, a lot of women call in and saying that she's a liar, they hate her, they're they're mad at it, you know, and she's like, listen, this is just how my biology is. And she talks about her relationship with her husband and the fact that they got together pretty young and um, their relationship has been rocky. Uh, Her husband's also a stand-up comedian. I don't know his name, so apparently he's not that good. Uh, <laughs> or he just hasn't hit it yet. I don't know. Whatever. And right now he's listening to this going, dude, what the hell? He's not listening to this. Anyway. Um, but she has a podcast with some of her best friends called Self Helpless. And she also has a YouTube show called Risks of Fury because she plays foosball. She's like a nationally ranked foosball player. And, you know... When you click on the thing, she's not an unattractive lady. You're like, wow, she's kind of pretty. You know, she's in her 20s. And so, you know, life's full of options when you're in your 20s. That's one of the things that, that I uh, that I enjoyed about. I went to a comedy show one time where, you know, the guy was like, yeah, hey, hey, how's everybody doing tonight? And everybody's like, woo. And he's like, hey. He's like, where are all my young girls at? And, and a bunch of young girls with a real high-pitched voice. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, party girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about that? He said, where are my old, old girls at? Where's my, where's my mature women? And they, they let out a, yeah. And he goes, you hear that? He goes, that's the real women. That's the women that, you know, you guys are real. You guys, you know, 
you're my type type of girl. You've kind of given up hope. And everybody's kind of quiet. He goes, no, 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 let me explain. Let me explain. When you're in your 20s, you've got a long list of things that you want your 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 potential husband to be. You know, he's got to look like Brad Pitt. He's got to make a bunch of money. He's got to, you know, be able to save the dolphins and, and run, you know, marathons. And you have a long list. And then you get a little bit older and you realize that life is life. And at some point you just go, man, he's got a job and teeth. You know, <laughs> he said, he said, you've already been through some crap. You've already realized some reality. Your man's not going to magically turn into Brad Pitt. And that's okay. And he said, that's, that's what I'm all about. And I thought, man, there's a lot of truth to that. And I heard that probably 10 years ago. But there's a lot of truth to that. You know, in, in life, when you're younger, your world is your oyster. Everything is possible. You literally can take your life in any direction and roll with the punches because you're young and you're, you're nimble and you are adaptable. And as you get older, you're just like, yeah, I just want something regular. I just want something dependable. I just want something that, that, you know, I'm not going to get woken up in the middle of the night and having my couch being re, you know, refurbished or not refurbished, um, repossessed, you know, there's certain things in life where you, at a certain point you just want to know with confidence that everything is okay, everything's fine. You're not going to suddenly have to uproot your life and change everything. When you're in your 20s, you're like, bring it on, I can take it. Yeah, let's do it, it's fun. Let's drive to Vegas tonight. Woo, you don't know. But you get older and you don't want that as much. You want stability. And I don't know. Listening to this podcast with her, I mean, it was interesting to hear. And I've known people like this, um... <clears throat> I could say personally, uh, I've known people like this and, you know, it wasn't shocking to me. Um, I'm sure it will be for some people, but I don't know. I just, I found it refreshing to have the conversation. I've talked about it before, how we can watch these horrible TV shows where people behead each other and we don't flinch. And yet someone shows a little bit of sex on TV or talks about sex and we all feel uncomfortable. And I mean, we're supposed to learn who each other are, right? We're supposed to have conversations about our lives and about what we're doing. And, you know, in a lot of ways, we still have a very strange way of communicating to each other where we don't, we're not very honest with each other and we skirt around issues and we are very protective of what we deem private. And while all that's fine and good, it's sort of a weird reality in the fact that we are seem to be pro-violence and and negative sexuality. And yet, most of us aren't violent, but hopefully all of us are sexual in some way, right? Is that a, is that a fair statement to say? I don't know. It just There's something about the dialogue that I thought needs to be talked about, so I wanted to talk about it here. I invite you to listen to the episode. It is episode number 52. She has a podcast, like I said, called Self Helpless. I've started listening to one of the episodes. Um, I was just scrolling, you know, topics or guests that they're on. And one of the guests is Pete Holmes, which I really like Pete Holmes. I listened to his uh, uh, You Made It Weird podcast for a long time. I mean, for years. And uh, I finally just took him off of my list because he was interviewing a lot of people. I didn't know who they were. And I had other podcasts I want to listen to. And I just ran out of time. Um, but I enjoy him. I enjoy his point of view. 
He uh, he's a very interesting comedian. Uh, he had a show on on HBO called Crashing that's loosely based on his life. Um, but yeah, I'm listening to that podcast. It's very interesting. He is married now on his second marriage. Um, him and his wife just had a baby, and he's talking a lot about relationships and and what it means uh, to him and to her, and you know being somewhat cerebral about his existence in life and their place with each other, that it's not about possession, it's about support. And I want the best for you. I mean, I want to be there, but I also want the best for you. And there's a lot from that that I got. And I'll talk more about that on the next podcast, but I invite you to listen to that too. That's very good. Um, So let's talk about some stuff that I've seen. Okay. Netflix is killing it right now, by the way. Um, I watched, uh, I'm, I'm on my Twitter feed looking around, and the other night, I guess the Oscars were on, and Allison Brie is the main character in um, the show Glow, which is on Netflix. It's about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, was the title. Um, it's the women's wrestling thing that went on for a while there, I want to say in the, the late 80s and early 90s. Wrestling was really popular when I was a kid. And everyone had a persona, and everyone was this over-the-top character. And honestly, back then, no one talked about the fact of, is this real or is this fake? And that discussion really didn't happen for another 10 years. But we would watch it, and in reality, you'd watch it, and you'd go, wow, this is really entertaining. Because they would have storylines, and they would have characters, and it was just fun to watch the matches go on and see them antagonize each other. And <clears throat> Alison Bree, I've talked about this before, but she is a character on there who realizes that you know she's an actress and she wants to be a a wrestler because she wants this thing to succeed because she's got bills to pay um but it's also an avenue for her to pretend to be somebody like an actress to be a lead character and when they seem to have like the sweetheart of the of the whole show she makes a pivot and realizes oh i could be the bad guy i could be the heel and because she played such a good heel it solidified the whole league as to being a real thing Every, th- every time they would do a match, she would be the over-the-top person that people would boo at. And she's like, yeah, but if you're booing at me, you're cheering for me in a way. And she's great in GLOW. Okay, so in the middle of the Oscars going on, she's, she's tweeting about, hey, Oscars, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but I just put out a show called Horse Girl. Now, you guys heard me right. The word horse and the word girl are right there together. Horse Girl. So <clears throat> immediately I go, what is horse girl? Is that, is that one of those YouTube clips of uh, the girls who are pretending to ride uh, steeple jumping horses and it's just, it's so disturbing to watch. <laughs> is it that? And it's not. She apparently wrote it. It was a co-writer. She produced it and she acted in it. And it is weird, okay? It is weird because... As you're watching it, you sort of, I'm not giving anything away, this is all in previews, you sort of get the idea of maybe she's having a mental break, and maybe she was abducted by aliens. That's the big question. What happened? And even at the end, you're going, what? It's it's one of those, I can't give a lot away. Um, all I can say is, you got to watch it. And even when you watch it, you're going to call me or write me, and you're going to be like, what did I just watch? Holy cow. Like, she did such a good job, Okay. I'm a big Allison Brie fan. This is an incredible show. 
Uh, it's just a movie. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's really easy to watch. It's fantastic. Uh, then I watched Lock and Key. That's a series that just came out. It is uh, <clears throat> based on a comic book, apparently, by Joe King and Gabriel Kings- Kingston? 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 What did I write? Kingston. I don't know. Joe King. Joe King, or by the pen name Joe Hill, is Stephen King's son. He's 47. He looks like Stephen King, but with more hair. And it's already graying and patches and stuff. And he actually makes an appearance in the last episode of the show. Um, Lock and Key, as advertised, is a family moves to Massachusetts to inherit a family home after their father's after their father's murder. And they find these magical keys. Their last name is Lock, L-O-C-K-E. So hence the name Lock and Key. Um, this show this show is mind melting good. It is great. There is cool special effects. There's great story. There's great characters. Every episode flows really quickly, really easily, even though they're like an hour long. There's no lulls in it. There's no parts where you're like, this is boring. This is great from beginning to end. And the ending, even when you think it's over, it's not. I was watching, I just watched the last episode today. And as I'm watching it, like within a you know, it seems like, you know, 20 minutes or so, you're like, that's it? But it's not. Keep watching. The last episode is like right at 50 minutes, and they show a lot of, oh, this is what you didn't see. And so you see how the story expands even more to a holy crap moment where you're literally jumping off the couch going, holy crap, I can't believe it. You know, it's it, there's so many possibilities of what they're going to do in the next season. And I like the characters. I like all of the action. I like the special effects. I like everything about it. It is so fascinating. I highly recommend checking out Lock and Key on Netflix. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Thank you, everybody, for subscribing. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for tuning in. Please uh, continue to share with your friends. If you want to be part of this, let me know. If you've got notes, Write me. Let me know. I'm on every social media you can find. Just look up stuff I heard, and you'll find me. So um, thank you again. Everybody take care, and uh, please remember to water your plants and pet your dog and all that fun stuff. I don't know if any of that matters, but I just said it. So um, thanks. Y'all take care, and cue the cow. <laughs>